Hey, my name is April Rose Gabrielli, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world. You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. <laughs> Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So, okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix? Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Our guest today is April Rose Gabrielli. Now, I'm excited to talk to her because she's a solo artist from the Long Island, New York area, who has a song called Do You that is literally racing up the billboard charts right now. And I do mean literally. It has track shoes on. It's moving fast. Um, You can find her music just about anywhere you listen to music, Apple, Spotify, wherever, however. Uh, But once you hear her voice, you're going to understand why her music is gaining such a strong following. So please join us in welcoming April Rose Gabrielli. Welcome. Hi. Yeah, so glad to have you here. I'm excited to have a a chance to talk to you. I love talking to musicians. Uh, As I was talking about this with you pre-show, I'm not exactly uh, a technical person in music, but I try to consume as literally as much music as I possibly can. So uh, first off, congrats on the success that that Do You is having. That's that's kind of amazing. It's leaving a fire trail behind it as it races up the charts, isn't it? Thank you. Yeah, it's really funny because I was just so grateful to have produced a song, written a song with, you know, some of the best people I know. And just to put it out was exciting in itself. So the fact Mm -hmm. that other people found it good enough to be on radio and chart and, you know, have so much interest in it, that was that's a great feeling because I was just excited to put it out. And kind of with no expectations, having been in other projects before and played for other bands and known the ins and outs, uh, you know, it's it's always good to kind of like not ex- set your expectations too high on wh- what might come next because, you know, music is a very volatile uh, profession and industry. Uh, so I was just thrilled. I'm thrilled still that that got that kind of reaction. <laughs> yeah, you should be. So yeah. tell us, so for those who aren't familiar with the song, tell them a little bit about the song, what its inspiration is, how it came about. So at its core, uh, do you, with a question mark, is um, <laughs> a, at its root, it's a love song. Just a, oh my God, I just realized I love you so much, love song, and I'm dying to scream it out to the world. But then there's that other side of me that's always like, I can't tell anyone, though. I can't let anybody know how I really feel because, you know, I I tend to love to live in the fantasy of what could be much more than, you know, really accepting reality sometimes. And, you know, the truth hurts a lot and it stings, especially when it has to do with love. So do you sort of about that? And I've noticed the phrase kind of like in popular culture or speech kind of, you know, hey, just do you just do your own thing. But right. it can also be used as a question to like, do you like, do you know how I feel? But don't worry about it, just do your own thing. So it's sort of like I used that wordplay to kind of lead the whole song through a story of me trying to figure out if I should tell this person I love them. Will it work out? You know, is it worth it? And then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. That's how I can describe it today, at least. <laughs> no, I think that's I think it's a good description. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's cool. I like the the wordplay. Wordplay is always my. Thank you. Fun. Yeah, I like poetry a lot, so I'm always amazed by what poets can do. So I try to, and and other older artists like Patti Smith's like a poet. 
first. Mm-hmm. Led yeah. Zeppelin, very poetic. Queen, extremely poetic. You know, I feel like I'm really watching a movie or listening to a story or something rather than a song at times. So I like to do that too. Yeah. Nice. So, and it seems a lot of the time when we hear singer-songwriter, a lot of people imagine somebody with an acoustic guitar. Like, that's mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to mind. But you're very different in that aspect that you primarily play piano. And yeah. that Red Casio is amazing. That is so Thank cool. you. Yeah, thank you. It's very nice to me, actually. She's the best. Um, and the people at Casio are fantastic to me. They are okay. they're fantastic musical products, and they're fantastic to me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud to play that and support that at all my shows but yeah i'm a piano player and so when i did you start playing piano i think when i was around four years old but i'm pretty much self-taught slash my my mother pretty much taught me how to play the piano so i don't really have any formal training <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of grew with you then yeah i don't know i just going, i was lucky that there was always an instrument like a piano in my house growing up Mm -hmm. and since my mom played so I just always I don't know I was just always intrigued by it and I just you know as I grew up I just always kept sitting down and playing around and at the age of 12 I started writing words and things and then kind of putting everything together you know it's funny it was actually I was in my early 20s when I realized that not everybody grew up with a piano in their house like (laughs) right that wasn't normal in every house no I know Yeah, when we were talking pre-show about, like, apologizing to our parents about either the way, you know, we were or how mm-hmm. our kids are or whatever, I mm-hmm. had that, I have those oh my gosh moments because I realized, oh my god, my mom introduced me to the coolest music. Oh my god, my mom's a songwriter. Oh my god, my dad is brilliant and so mm-hmm. well Like, all of these things, or oh my god, I had a home-cooked meal every night. Right. Like, all of these incredible luxuries that I can't even, like, I you know, they shaped me and, you know, our upbringing obviously shapes us a lot, but all of these blessings, you don't even realize that they truly are blessings. Until and then how many times as an adult is it the right 4.30 and you're like, wait, I have to figure out what to feed. Wait, I'm, I'm the person who's supposed to make dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, I always joke with my partner. I'm like, we're the adults here. Like, that's frightening. Like, I thought like, <laughs> that was a good idea. Yeah, you know, like who put me in charge? Not me. So, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I've told my husband a couple of times with the, I need an adult. He's like, you are the adult. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I need somebody adultier, please. Like, yeah. If I'm the, if I'm the adult, we are all in trouble. Right. Yeah. Right. 100%. If Tim's the adult, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> I believe in you, Tim. You probably shouldn't. I'm, 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 I'm six foot three and 12. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I understand that. I think it's best not to really ever grow up in some ways, you know, keeps you fresh, but totally understandable. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, that it just, it grew with you, that you, it grew with you. And I took piano lessons for six years, seven years, and barely use it anymore, which I feel bad about, but. You can always get back into it. Even I, I teach kids and I always just say like, when they're like, I don't have time to practice. I'm like, do five minutes, like five minutes, just do a couple scales, play around, just time yourself. When the timer goes off, just get up. Yeah. All good. You know, timers overrated. <laughs> anyway, uh... <laughs> Tim's like discipline sounds boring. <laughs> right. Tim's like, I don't know how to play piano. I don't know how to play any instrument. Yeah. I can sing to 
potato products, and that's about it. That's right. Hell of a shower singer. Yeah. And <laughs> steering too. wheel drummer, I'm your guy. And All right. award-winning chair dancer. Oh, I, you'll, well, yeah. It's when I stand up. You got to move the legs. That's when it becomes a problem. Right. But, I understand that. I'm seeing so, the shirt, Tim. I will message you the shirt idea later. All right. Sounds good. So, April, I also noticed in, in doing my research, we don't like to call it stalking on this show or any of the shows that we do because that just sounds weird. Uh, we like to call it research, the lovely light bow of research. Um, yes. But I noticed that you were with another with a band called Rose Monarch for a while. Yeah. Uh, and, and you were the you were the lead the lead vocalist for that band. You wrote songs with them and, and other things. And now I'm sure I'm asking you to compare apples and oranges. Okay. I realize that these are two violently different entities because yeah. of, of how the, the structure of things. Yeah. But for you personally, what's the difference being a solo artist instead of being the lead vocalist for a collective group? Uh, both of them have their challenges and awesome points. So with the Rose Monarch, that was the first band that I was really in. Those those same four guys. One of them's also my brother. So okay. You know, it felt really like a family affair and, you know, we still talk every day and work together on certain little things. Um, but being in a collective was a huge learning experience for me. I think it actually prepared me for all of the different challenges and musical journeys I'd go on as a solo artist and inspired me to continue to actually do this for a living. You know, the first band I went on tour with and I, it was such a blast. It was those guys. You know, so I was like, I never want this to end. I want to I want to do this more. But, um, yeah, personally, like I said, it has its ups and downs because, you know, with five people who you get an equal share of the project, it's you need to really truly consider everybody's opinion. And we were in a, we're in a group of five leaders for the most part, which is great because you have some really incredible artists all contributing to one massive thing. Sure. I find as a solo artist, things get done a little bit quicker because less decisions have to be made. And, you know, I'm just we're just producing everything right here. And nice. it's mostly a laptop project. We have some real instruments, but mostly it's like a laptop project. Um, and that makes it a little easier. But I, I love the camaraderie of being in a band. Uh, and I still play with a band with this project as well. It's just a little smaller. <laughs> But yeah, both are fun. I just love playing music. I still play keys for a band called Kulik. Yeah. Also write for. So like, I just like, if you want me to just like go up on stage and like do this in the band, like, I'll do it. Like, I just love being <laughs> a band, you know? so any sort of band musical situation. I love to just be involved with. I love the dynamic of it all. All right. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I would imagine, um, you know, never having been in a band. Uh, but uh, I would imagine that there would be some areas where, it, like you said, things would, would move a little faster being a solo artist because, you know, there's the democracy of a band where everybody gets a vote, everybody has a say, how are we going to do this? How are we going to proceed? Whereas a solo artist, this is what I would like to do. This is how I want to do it. This is how right. I'd like to proceed. So right. I can see how that might make it a little easier. But I also see the other side where you know, the camaraderie of, of being able to share that a little more with the group could be uh, appealing as well. Absolutely. So. And, and the funny thing is, too, um, as I'm saying this, I realize, like, I have so many with a band, like, we were all self-managed. We are doing it all ourselves. Now, as a solo artist, like, I have brought on a manager and booking and a label and a publisher and, like, all of these different people. So 
while I'm really lucky that my team doesn't necessarily tell me what to do and how to do it, they just encourage my vision, which is nice. But I mean, I definitely do have a lot more people to talk to about my things now, but it's, <laughs> it's not exactly the same, but I get, I let a lot of encouragement and support of my ideas. So I see them come into fruition a little bit more quickly, but again, it's just, you know, one vision you really have to keep into account. So it's a little different, but. So last year you got a publishing deal and a record contract as a solo <laughs> artist. And yeah. things are difficult for musicians these days with live shows being limited and music sales, what they are because of streaming. Although vinyl is making a notable resurgence, which is just awesome. That's good. Yeah. Um, so how fan. are you and your team adapting to the newer ways of doing things so that everyone benefits and you can keep doing what you love, especially getting to perform live again? Well, I mean, the focus, I believe, with my team is we're just really focusing on making the product good. Because <laughs> if the music is good, it'll have longevity. You know, not necessarily adapting. There's a lot of trendy things to do right now, but as we all know, trends die. Although right. bell bottoms are making a comeback, but that's a good one. But anyway, mostly trends die. I've never been a fan of skinny jeans. Oh my god! So, like a lot of different trends die. I see a lot of, uh, in my opinion, I see a lot of artists doing a lot of things that I just don't feel like is going to contribute to their craft mm-hmm. or their longevity as an artist. So I'm just trying to focus on continuing learning to be a good musician and a good artist and a good writer and vocalist and continue to grow that. And we sort of jump into whatever we need to. So on the publishing side, I've been trying to work to get different syncs, which is basically having music placed into films or commercials. I got a sync with a, a movie that got premiered in a Tribeca film festival. So that was cool. Yeah. The song was written for it. And that was a great first experience for me. So on the publishing side, that's a, a sort of a way to, you know, have an income there. And then, Live shows have been great. I'm trying to be a little bit more sparing of where I play. And when I play, obviously, for health reasons and, you know, just so enough people come out where the show is profitable and, you know, Mm -hmm. just a smart call. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's more fun. You know, people see you a little less. They're more excited to see you next time. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And then as far as music marketing, it's funny. A lot of people even myself, I mean, tend to gravitate towards streaming as the main way to be an artist in those numbers, but it's the least, it's one of the least profitable ways to be an artist. So while I definitely keep my streaming numbers and I take it into account and I keep focused on, you know, growing that channel, I also try to, you know, we did radio and that really worked. Like it was really well received in the radio world and people are hearing it there and it's a great accolade. Like the billboard charts have been around forever. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I longer than anything else that's been Mm -hmm. around now. So I just try to history tends to repeat itself and a lot of different things like whereas like 10, 15 years ago, it'd be a big deal to be at the top of the iTunes charts. Now it's oh global Spotify charts. Oh, I got an editorial playlist from Spotify. You know, there's these different sort of channels. Um, but like, I'm, I'm happy that we kind of went a traditional route in the terms of getting this song an accolade, like billboard, you know, getting that sort of up there. So we're going to try to start there and see how it, it grows. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to work on organic growth as well and keeping that, um, a priority. So long story short, I'm sorry, I don't land the plane very well. Most of the times long story short, like keeping it authentic and then, you know, just following what makes sense for me. 
Yeah. No, it's fine. And frankly, we don't care how you land the plane. We like long stories, so we're good. <laughs> okay. I really we talk. I get no, that's okay. We, that's okay. We tell guests all the time, you know what? Uh, long stories are good stories because there's usually a little bit more information, a little more detail in there. And right. it's 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 a more rounded explanation or, or you know, view for us from the outside looking in as to how mm -hmm. this thing or that thing is actually functioning or working. Absolutely. Um, good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't don't feel like you got to cut it short for us. Yeah, uh, secondly, though, you mentioned uh, in, uh, in your answer there, the the movie that was for the Tribeca Film Fest, that was Tameless, correct? The song. Yeah. The song that was written yeah. for is called Tameless. And the, the movie is called Not the Science Type. It's a, well, it's a docuseries about four women. It focuses on four women in uh, STEM fields. It's really okay. cool. it's a really cool concept, nice. really cool movie. Yeah. It's yeah, very I, part of that. I have not seen the movie, but I did listen to the song uh, quite a few times. And I'll be honest with you, out of all your songs that I heard, that's actually my favorite. Really? Yeah. Uh, Do You is very good. Don't don't take any, any no, slight no, no. towards I'm, that. I'm but I to know what people lean towards because that helps me. I really enjoy um, I really enjoy Tameless. Just it's, the, you know, it's got some really neat rise and fall to it and the way your voice carries. And to me, I, that was it just I don't know. It just kind of caught me differently. And I was like. That one I, I may have listened on to on repeat a couple of times. So if you got a couple extra pennies from, you know, iTunes, you. That, that, that might be from what that is. But uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm happy to hear it. And that song strikes a chord a lot with like any younger fans that I have. They love Tameless. They love Tameless. So, I mean, I and older, whoever. Like, I, it's, it's really interesting to see who gravitates towards what. Like, I, I loved writing that song because I have a... I have my roots in musical theater and theatrics. Like I okay. said, I think pre-show I'm pretty dramatic. But naturally, <laughs> I like gravitate towards writing, you know, more theatrical, intriguing, sort of not leaning on pop as much type songs. Like I love those different chord progressions that I threw into that. The pre-chorus of Tameless, that was one of the first parts that I wrote. Okay. Um, it just came. It just came really naturally to me. So no, I love Tameless. <laughs> I love it. It's not like whatever else. And it's not like a lot of what else I put out. But I write a lot more songs like that than I put out. So it is nice to get the positive feedback on something. I I'm not innately like, yeah, let's put that out. You know. So just because. Excellent. You know, yeah. Thank you. So I personally think that one of the reasons for your climb up the charts is is your approach to the music itself just like what you were just talking about just there um you know the industry in, in my opinion has been turning out a lot of plastic copycat you know it's the mm -hmm. same it's the same thing over and over and over again uh where the, you know they get one or two songs and then that person becomes a face in the crowd because there's nothing that distinguishes themselves from you know anything else but even a cursory pass through of your music kind of shows that you know how different it is it's it's refreshing uh, to me it's well written it's arranged nicely there's strong vocals and hold on kids as she already mentioned she plays instruments so she's not <laughs> just a get, get out of this world right <laughs> exactly it's yeah uh, it's you know it's something different um originally i didn't have a question here i just wanted to point out how uh, refreshing it was to actually have talk to an Great. actual musician I appreciate um, it. thank you but i take but i in getting to it, I actually found a question. Okay. Um, so thinking about this and, and how you're making headway in, in the music industry, you mentioned a couple names earlier that had some impact on you, but I'd like to know who are your, your true musical influences and, 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 and really kind of 
got you about, you know, to be the person that we're talking to today? Well, I would have to say my very first musical influence has to be my mom because she taught me all the chords to her songs and they're pretty much all minor chords. <laughs> like I said, drama is like a biological thing over here. Um, but so she definitely shaped the way that I look at songs and the way that I actually write songs. So her, but as far as people that other people might know, um, I love Pink as a vocalist and I think all around She's just a well-rounded, she's one of the, I think probably the best living live performer ever. I mean, she's like an acrobat. She's incredible. She's got an amazing voice. Too. I mean, her voice, I mean, the voice is just like great. Of course she has a great voice. And then she does everything on top of that. She could just sing there, sit there and sing, you know, sure. she doesn't really have to do anything more, but she does. And she always gives like 112%. Like, so I love that about her. I love Florence and the Machine. Kind of her similar. Ooh, nice. Super well-rounded lyrics are. She's a poet, mm -hmm. no question about it. Totally a poet. I love her. I love Queen. I love Tom Petty. Uh, Kings of Leon. Nice. Uh, Muse. Mm, I love Muse. I love Muse. I love me some Muse. They they have a lot of theatrics in their music too that I mm -hmm. really appreciate. And I always get stuck on this question because there's like so many, but those are on the top of my mind at the moment. Those are some of my bigger influences that I get. All right. Solid influences though. They're awesome. Just, I like big stuff. Like where I it can't, it's so crazy. I can't get out of my head. Like big in, in any way, you know, whether it's the lyrics, the sound, the use of instruments, the use of production. Yeah. So you're, Path has taken you some interesting places. And looking at the Billboard charts recently, your name is up to is showing up next to names like The Weeknd and Sean Mendes and Elton John and Taylor Swift. So do you ever look at those lists and start to question if this is all real, if this is yes. really where your life is? Yeah, I'm like still convinced it's all photoshopped and my manager's just trying to make me feel better or something. It's, it's so silly. Like I can't like I've always the thing is too, like I've always, no matter what I've done, I always felt like I was on the outside of everything. Like I always just felt like such an outsider. Like I was never in the cool kids club. You know what I mean? Which right there with you. It's all an illusion anyway. Like the cool kids club is wherever you're at. But like <laughs> I, I this is like the closest I felt to being like wow like oh I that's cool like other people are willing to play my music and it's validating and you know other than obviously like live shows are great and validating you know when they're good but <laughs> like when there's people there but um you know being up on a chart or getting that kind of recognition from radio and support from radio is is really cool and definitely surreal it's I've definitely reached like a a great goal and this has been a time period that I will not soon forget i always cherish this beginning see and i i, I can ex understand that to this teeny tiny little extent we just the our podcast got to go to a small pop or a small comic-con in monroe michigan a couple cool. weeks last weekend and we were doing panels like i had never been to a comic-con before and suddenly i'm doing panels and there's people coming to the panel room to listen to me talk about things and then it was the, I got to meet Darren McCarty, the former Red Wings hockey player. Cool. And talk to him. And I'm like, this is, 
what it's weird weird, especially when you're a creative person or you're somebody who's making their own thing like an entrepreneur like to actually Mm -hmm. see these visions because we work on this for years not only physically but internally to you know go after these dreams or these goals that we have and then to actually be in that moment first of all the moments always are so short it feels Mm -hmm. after all of that build up and then, yeah, it's, it's crazy because then you have that moment of like, where do I go from here? Am I satisfied? What's next? Because I've only noticed There's in my life. Like, what's next? Yeah. There, in my life, it's like I get to that big thing and I'm like, okay, let's, let's get bigger here. Like, how can we build on this? Or, But yeah, no, it's to- I totally, it's a completely the same thing as what you're talking about. I completely can relate. I'm sure that's the exact same thing. Yeah, I can never, I, I cannot imagine my name being next to Elton John and Taylor Swift like that would... <laughs> below my mind yeah i like all of their music too i love the weekend i love elton john and i love taylor swift so that's cool nice. too. but i actually really like i sean mendes is very talented as well they're all very talented obviously they're <laughs> pretty well, I mean, it's, it's elton john of course he's talented <laughs> well yeah it's, you can't really say anything about him he's the best but i, I have a question that I, I i like to ask people when we have them on the show yeah I like to know about people's backgrounds and, and where they, you know, where they kind of came from. And we kind of, you kind of alluded this to a little bit about with your mom and, you know, the, the piano in the house and, and the way things happened. But, you know, everybody's got a backstory and how they got where they're at and, you know, what, you know, what kind of shaped them to be the person they are. You know, like for some kids, they saw the fire truck, the fire truck come down the road and they're like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Or they saw their favorite sports, you know, star playing basketball, football, baseball, you know, whatever it was. And they're like, that's it. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. So for April Rose Gabrielli, was it always music or was there something else that held your attention uh, for, for some period of time or was, or like I said, was it always music and that's what it was going to be one way or another? Yeah, it was always music and I was never going to be without music. I don't know. I, I feel very lucky to, that's, I feel very lucky to, for that to be my reality. Um, I, the first, one of the first thoughts I ever had or I remember having, like being conscious and awake as a baby, um, was I want to be on a stage with other people. That was just in my mind. I, like I said, there was music around the house and I don't know if, I, I mean, I was in dance classes at a young age, but something in my gut was like, I just want to be on stage. I want to like make things with other people. I just like had this, I didn't even know what to call that. My first thing in my mind, I was like, I want to name it like kid testicle. Like I was like five. Like I wanted it. Cause I was like, I wanted it. I don't know. It's like literally was one of the first thoughts in my mind. I was, just, I was, like, I was really little baby. And then that kind of grew up into, you know, still being around music, having the piano in the house. And then around the age of, I guess eight or nine, I started getting really heavy into dance. And then at the dance studio, by the luck of it all, they had voice lessons right in the next room. So I was like, I want to take voice lessons because I saw some of the other dancers taking voice lessons. So I took one, I guess a couple months, one year. I took like a, like a season's worth, I guess, of voice lessons and had my first vocal performance at nine, singing something from My Fair Lady. And I just, the minute I hit that stage and was singing, I had those like 2003 like pop star mics that I was in like a little oh, yeah. costume from My Fair Lady. 
with a broom. And I was, I was like, this was the most amazing experience in my life. And I felt like a million bucks after people were like, Oh, you were great. Well, like people were complimenting me. Like, of course I was like a nine year old on stage. So who knows what it really sounded like, but everybody was so kind. And I just loved the fan interaction. Like all of it was incredible. And then a couple years later, I started going through puberty, which is always fun. So you have like, so many feelings. Puberty's the I, worst. I know it's tough, but I luckily had music, so I wound up starting to write music at around twelve or thirteen. Wrote a musical about a bunch of teenagers um, that go to a boarding camp over the summer because they're all bad at school, but then they all meet each other and they're like, oh, we're all the same. Woo. Let's heal through each other. Great. So I wrote that, produced it at 17 uh, in two workshops on Long Island. It was like, and then we donated everything because I didn't want to break any child labor laws. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> then um, I tried to get into theater school. I, uh, they didn't let me in. So I just said, you know, to heck with that. I'm going to cut my hair off, get tattoos, get a business degree, and then play gigs on the side. Play gigs on the side while I was living in New York City. Um, toured with bands, wrote for bands, things like that. Went on my first big tour with a band named Kulik I'd mentioned earlier. Yeah. In about 2018. And through that whole process of meeting him and meeting some managers and just a whole new circle of people, I kind of took it upon myself and some of the new people I met to, you know, turn this into a reality as far as me pursuing this full time and this being a thing that I could actually do to eat and, <laughs> you know, keep nice. the lights on and things like that. So that's the, I guess the shortest way I can describe how I'm, here now no i think i think everybody's backstory has so many different layers to it and it's not just one thing that we go you know it was this typically anyway it's yeah. never really just the one thing where somebody goes well it was this and this is why i want to do it there's you know uh to borrow a line from shrek you know onions have layers and so do backstories backstories have layers right you absolutely. know i don't know shrek again <laughs> you're welcome shrek. a great movie Shrek is great. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely, like, moments I can think of that I didn't mention, but, like, like I saw Sutton Foster in Thoroughly Modern Millie on Broadway when I was, like, nine, mm -hmm. which was just an incredible experience. Things like that where I was like, oh, my God, I really want to do that. And also, my brother, having been a drummer as well, at the ages of 10 and 12, we were just in his bedroom, basically. Like, he was drumming. I had the keyboard plugged into the amp. And we were just, like, going at it. Like, he was the first person I jammed with, so... You know, little moments and memories like that, too, are very crucial. But, you know, all along the way, I, I kind of always knew in my gut, like, music is, I have no choice here. This is nice. what I'm going to do too bad. <laughs> you know? No, all right. I, I, I get it. Music is, when music is part of you, when music is part of your life, it is always going to be there. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what other pathway you think you might take. No music. You always go back to music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people, it's funny because people will even contact me from not, you know, having talked for a couple of years, come out of college a couple of years. People are like, wow, it's cool to see you're like still at it. I'm like, what do you mean still? Like, this has never been an option. Like, this right. is this is where I'm supposed to go. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that it's still happening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for acknowledging that I'm still alive. I noticed. Thank you. There you go. 
I was questioning it, but now I'm not. Yeah, like sometimes on the fence, but you know, like most days now I'm pretty aware. Like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so yeah. knowing that this was where you wanted to go, that this was the path you wanted to take, there's a question that I've been asking the musicians that we've talked to lately, because every musician's experience is different. So what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in their bedroom or in their parents' garage that you wish you had known when you started your musical career? Oh, so much. I think <laughs> the most important thing is that I feel if you're a creative person or you're creating something, it's coming from a special place like your gut or wherever it comes from. But I'm going to just reference it like as a gut. So you okay. always have to sort of trust your gut. If you feel a melody should go a certain way and someone's kind of telling you, eh, I don't really like it. As long as you like it and you have a vision for it, you need to be completely in charge and fearlessly in charge of sculpting what your greatest vision is. Even if you're like 12, seriously, like you need to. I have a songwriter that I teach. She's she came to me as an eight year old and was her mom was like, she's writing these songs. And these are some of the best melodies I've ever heard. And I feel, you know, with a little coaching and thing, I'm actually trying to be like, hey, let's organize it. Let's do this. But I mean, your youngest moments and your earliest moments are so important. So it's you need to stay true to them and continue on with them. People will give you advice and coaching along the way, which is very important. But always, you know, keep that second to what you know you sort of want to do and what you know you're after. Uh, sometimes, you know, at times in my life, I've gotten so many no's. You will always get a lot of no's in life. But the yeses matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just got to keep moving in the direction that you want to move in. And I used to get bummed a lot, too. This is something I wish somebody told me more. I believed more. A lot of people used to uh, criticize me because I wasn't technically trained especially on piano or I couldn't read music or, you know, I wasn't able to see every Broadway show, like all these other, I don't know where these people came from, but I always used to get bullied for things like that. Like when I was in theater camp or around other young musicians, it was like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, if I'm not past where those people are, I'm right up with them. So it doesn't matter. Like you don't need to have money. You don't need to have, you don't even need to have talent. You just got to keep following this passion and this fire within you because it, it's there for a reason. And so you need to let it do its thing. But not not so much matters. Less matters than you think. It's just you. Nice. Yeah. It's Great advice. At all. Just do you, baby. That's <laughs> solid yeah. advice. The staying true to yourself is... Yeah. That's hard, though. You have to. And it's so much easier said than done. But the people that I know that have succeeded... And done very well from themselves for themselves. They have not let anyone tell them or or push them down in any sort of way. Uh, so I wish I did more. Yeah. You know, April, it has been fantastic talking to you today. Thank we you. are so appreciative that you were willing to be on the show. But we want to make sure that we link your socials, your website, everything, so that our viewers and our listeners can find you. So where can they find you? Okay, so I got a really big, long name, but I have faith in everybody that they can remember it. So it's pretty much all my socials are at April Rose Gabrielli. That's A-P-R-I-L, like the month, Rose like the flower, R-O-S-E, and then Gabrielli, which is G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-I. So I have a website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I think I'm on TikTok. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> I... um. I might start a Discord soon. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty much, if you want to find me, just throw that name into your browser and it should come up. So I should come up. Um, yeah. We are going to make sure that we at least link like your Facebook and 
the the bigger ones will links. Oh yeah, yeah. And we'll just remind people yeah. that they can always Google you. Yeah, Google yeah. is the best. <laughs> thing that you want to see. So I guarantee you'll be the number one result if you type in April Rose Gabrielli. I know I that think, because that's how I found all your I information. I think I so. am. As long as people get the last name right, I'm all, you know, so, but it's, yeah. all, it's been good so far, so. And actually, I can I can guarantee that even if you misspell the last name, uh, it's still going to show up. Trust You're me. right about that. Thank you. That's a big confidence boost. Because <laughs> I misspelled it. I And yeah, so that's I was okay. freehand. I was free typing and just kind of went, yeah, April Rose, get, no, that's not right. But I'd already <laughs> hit enter and it all, you know, so did you mean... You know, yes, they had, they had the correct spelling. Well, yes, Google, that is exactly what that's, I meant. That's a true triumph. Thank you for sharing that. That makes me feel better. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're you're easier to find on the socials than than uh, than you think probably think you are. But yeah. Okay, that's so. good. Yeah, that's good. I I wanted to come up with the stage name, but I'm telling you, like everything felt so silly, and it's really cool seeing your full name on a billboard chart. So I feel good about it. I'm sure. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, but that's like me. So it's cool. You're still sticking true to yourself that way too. Yeah. Right. That's, that's probably the biggest thing I had to overcome with that. I was like, I don't know. I feel silly using my whole name. I was like, just do it. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Do you just do you (laughs) (laughs) point wink finger gun. (laughs) Using our words against her, Tim. Oh yeah, right. no, I did it too. I and I do it by accident sometimes. And I want to like hide because I'm like, oh my god, people must think I'm so into myself, and it's like <laughs> opposite. I, I'm just a three-time dad joke abuser, so if I get a chance to do something silly, I'm or say something silly, it's probably going to happen. So. Yeah, you're just silly. That's you're just a silly so, person. It's better than being like rude and emotionless. So I'm That's cool. True. Yeah. That is super true. Yeah. So, all right. So we want to remind everybody that subscribing is going to be the single most important thing that you can do to help us here on Pop Culture Addicts uh, and get more amazing guests like April Rose Gabrielli and have these great conversations and be able to share some laughs with. So uh, please subscribe. It's going to help us more than you'll ever know. And please go check her out on all her socials. Type in April Rose Gabrielli. Don't worry about the spelling. You're going to find her anyway. And make sure that you follow, you listen, because she's got some great stuff already out and based on what we've already seen we can be sure that there's more to come and i'm looking forward to that as well so and remember kids pop culture it's all around you it influences every part of our lives all we do even the t-shirt i put on today so be sure to come back next week we're going to have your fix waiting for you right here on pop culture addicts thank you again april of course anytime thanks everyone thanks for listening Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at PCA Pod Show. You can also email us at PCA Pod Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at PCAPodshow at gmail.com.